We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Road to Wire NBA podcast. It is Monday, April 3rd. Happy 36th birthday to Deshaun Stevenson. Been waiting for this one for a long time. Uh, April 3rd, of course. Deshaun Stevenson has an ATM in his kitchen. I don't know anyone else who has an ATM that's not a bank. I didn't even know you could get those, you know, if you're not a bank. Uh, But, you know, distinguished career. Did a lot of great things on the court. A lot of great memories off the court. Uh, but the lasting memory of Deshaun Stevenson will always be that photo of him with a ATM just inconspicuously placed in his kitchen. I have literally nothing to add to this conversation. Okay, fair enough. We're going to talk MVP. Um, this is something that we've obviously talked quite a bit about you know, in passing on this podcast. We haven't really sat down and had the definitive MVP conversation and even though there's five, six, seven games left for, for most teams right now, um, I don't know that things are going to change all that much. Um, well, actually, let's start with that. Is there something that could happen? I don't know what your list is or who you're favoring right now, uh, but is there something that could happen over these next you know, two weeks that could really alter the conversation for you? 
I think so because I mean, spoiler alert: the the race is down to James Harden or Russell Westbrook, so all eyes are on them. Now we're going to get into a lot of different things that you know reasons why this. Ask each other a couple hypothetical questions. Uh, I truly, my mind is open right now, so I, I'm still kind of waiting to the end of the season. I know that you're kind of more set, and you've said so already on this podcast. You believe James Harden should be the MVP. I do. Okay, so in your mind, let me flip that question on its head and say, is there anything that can change that thought right now? <sighs> you know, not really. Um, if you know, it's close, it's close. I, I I know I've said pretty definitively that it's James Harden in the past, and and I do believe that still. Um, but I mean, that said, Westbrook has continued to just throw up these ridiculous lines um you know I, I watched that game last week I think Tuesday or Wednesday against Orlando when he's I think he scored or assisted on the Thunder's final 28 points and you know going back earlier in the game it was like 33 of the last 35 I mean stats like that are just absurd and and you know you can you can kind of cherry pick numbers like that you know for Westbrook and I think that's what's led to a lot of criticism um but I mean, there's there's really no way to argue that Russell Westbrook like, didn't single handedly, you know, win that game, and they were down twenty plus to to that Orlando team in the second half, um, and you know Westbrook has found a way, I think, to marry the gaudy numbers and winning basketball. Whereas in the past, I think some had come at the expense of the other, and at parts of the season that had been the case. But I, I think he's finding ways now to get his numbers. Um, I think we're beyond the point of debating whether he's like consciously trying to get these triple doubles because he just is. Um, but it's also resulting a in a winning percentage when he gets triple doubles. There's, there's a little more to yeah. that. I mean, I think it goes quite a bit deeper than, than that, but right. I mean, they're, they're a six seed in what's a pretty good Western conference. Um, you know, obviously we know it's really good at the top. I think a team like the Clippers are probably not quite as good as we thought they'd be. Memphis has tailed off a bit, uh, but to be the six seed, in that conference with no other player who was even in all-star consideration on that roster uh, is pretty impressive. And I think it's just crazy to me how we go week by week with this. You know, it's one week, Russell Westbrook's the best. The next week, we're digging up all these numbers to show that he's actually hurting the team by getting these numbers. And then he puts up that 57-point triple-double and everybody's back on Russell Westbrook now. Um, so who knows? I mean, we still have two more weeks. Well, it's probably going to keep going like that. Yeah, and I'm glad your answer came back around to that in that it really has gone back and forth. Now, maybe Harden really has been the leader from the start and, and has continued that lead, but we still, you know, oh, wait, wait a second. Look at what Russell Westbrook did. Like, that, that was an MVP moment when he came back in the fourth quarter and he was basically responsible for every mm-hmm. single point in that comeback. Um, so for me, what can sway my opinion as an undecided voter, essentially, is what I am. Nick and I do not have an official vote but um, crazy i know yeah, i know it just we're, seems we're working on it beyond a- me why that would a- be after this pod they're either definitely going to give us a vote moving forward or definitely yeah. never ever even consider giving us maybe a we vote. should just ask maybe it's just like they were just waiting <laughs> I, like i would really i would feel so yeah. bad if all this time they were all we had to do is ask and they're like oh you, you guys has never really asked about it <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's that easy. You never know until you ask. Um, that's why I tell my interns all the time. So that's it'd be very Do they have hypocritical. Votes? It'd be very hypocritical of me to uh, to say interns here at Rotowire. I don't think that would be good. It wouldn't be good for me. No, it wouldn't be good, good for look. the company. It would. It would. You know, because the ballots are public now. Well, not only that, but it's it's almost becoming cool not to vote. Right. Like if you have the vote, it's cool oh, not to dumb. vote because you're taking the high road and all that. stuff. I hate that. That's the dumbest stance ever. I think. 
Well, I, I just meant like I would I would be voting. I would just have a hard time separating my personal biases. You know, you'd be looking at course, the total count of the does. votes. It would be like, all right, Harden, Westbrook, LeBron, Thomas, and a one first place vote for Ursan Ilyasova. <laughs> like, I wonder who that was. And then you know, there's that big grid of everybody's votes. And I would have to, I would basically have to vote under like a pen name or a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah, pen name Ursan Ilyasova. <laughs> vote Ursan Ilyasova. It leads the league in charge. Come yeah, on. Somebody named Tractor... O'Brien the third <laughs> from uh, Roto World <laughs> voted for Ursan. Uh, okay, well let's get back to actual seriousness. So, so as an undecided voter, I think there is a lot that can change for me. And really, Nick, I think I'm indicative of the general voting public too. Where if something crazy happens, like if Russell goes out there and scores seventy points, like like Devin Booker just recently did, that really could be the tipping point. And you know, I always say this, but all these awards are always won in the last month of the season anyways, right? And so I think, you know, you can get a lot of votes for Westbrook or likewise Harden could solidify it. But, you know, I think we're giving too much credit to Harden. I really do think that when you kind of do a a survey of the general media, when they talk about who do they think, it's closer to 50-50. So I I think that uh, people are maybe even for the first time going to be very keyed in into their performances over the last, you know, couple weeks of the season. Now, here's where I want to start off because I think this is a good jumping off point, and this is usually where people go. Um, if these two players rested down the stretch, and this is incredibly important with Harden because he's already begun to done, do so, and the, and the Rockets are really locked into that third seed in the Western Conference, is that if these two players had been off their teams for the whole season, right, and they play each other, who would win? And the winning team, whatever player they, they possess, you know, that says like, well, you know what? He can't be MVP because they're better than the other guy. So to answer that question, who do you think has the worst team if you take off Harden and you take off Westbrook? I think it's pretty close. I think I do think it's very I close. I think the too. answer is probably like OKC is probably slightly worse, but I don't think it's I think the reason that guys like Anderson and Gordon have had such insane years is because because of Harden, Harden. setting them up. So it's right. like, you know, it's somewhat of a chicken or the egg type of thing. Um I, I think it's close. I, I don't know if there's a definitive answer. Like if, if those teams play 10 times without Harden and without Westbrook, one team probably wins four, the other wins six. You know, I don't think it's a blowout one way or the other. Pretty equal. All right, so I'm glad that we've set that ground rule that, you know, that argument, while valid in a lot of other cases, um, is not necessarily valid. And I think that argument right there, if we want to start adding in some other people just randomly here, hurts Kawhi. Because I think if Kawhi is off the Spurs, that Popovich and that team just finds a way. Yes. And when we're talking about most valuable player, and obviously a lot of people give too much credence to one adjective or one verb in, in, in this award, mm-hmm. um, you know, but that does go a long way with me. I think the Spurs are still a very good top four team I in agree. the West if Kawhi never played a game for the Spurs this season. I mean, I don't know if I would go that far. I think the roster, like on paper, is not great. You know, like they have, if you of all those those three teams combined, the Spurs have probably the second best player. You know, if you take away Harden, Kawhi, and Westbrook, and that's Lamarcus Aldridge. After that, though, you know, it, Tony Parker's not really been good. Managing Obli is more of a name than than game at this point. Let's let's rank out of all three of these teams. Let's rank the players that are not Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, okay. and James Harden. So it's going to be Lamarcus Aldridge first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do like a draft. So yeah, LMA one. All right. I mean, Powell is is in consideration. Victor yeah. Oladipo, Ennis Cantor, Ryan Anderson, and then. Uh, I think Steven Adams is, was probably sure. two. Oladipo is, is up there. 
I don't know. I mean, this is kind of the point, right? We can't even yeah. decide. Like, they're all they're all in, like, that group of, like, third-tier NBA players. You know, yes. like, Steven Adams and Clint Capella and even, like, Lou Williams, who's, you know, if he's a starter, he's in that conversation. Anderson, Gordon, Oladipo, even Taj Gibson when he's when he's right, Cantor. Like, all those guys, to me, are, like, fairly comparable. Not, obviously, in how they play, but just in, like, their level of skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the Spurs conversation... I don't know if it's the roster so much, but I think it's like Popovich hurts Kawhi's yes. chances because we've seen him do more with less. And you kind of can say, like, you take Kawhi away, I think they're still a playoff team because he just gets it done like he always does. So it's like, how much credit do we give Pop for how good Kawhi has been? If we're giving Pop all this credit for how good Danny Green and Kyle Anderson and Patty Mills are, don't we have to apply that same logic in some ways to Kawhi? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um but I'm agreeing el- with you. I know. I know you're agreeing with you. But essentially, we've eliminated Kawhi from this argument. Like pretty, which the is first, ridiculous the f- because in any other year, I know in any other year you could say a lot. But guess what? Defensive historic historically, some of the worst defense has been played this season in the NBA. Therefore, you have some of the best yeah. offensive stats. I mean, he's going to finish probably what second in Defensive Player of the Year, third. And why? Why would he finish behind Rudy Gobert or Draymond Green? I think he's going to finish behind both of those guys. I, I think know. it's going to be why, why? Why do you say so? Voter fatigue, partially. I mean, yes. he's won it two years in a row. Voter fatigue is real. Yeah, I th- well, I think the, the the advanced metrics don't reflect very well on Kawhi this year compared to past years. Like Draymond, Draymond and Gobert rule the advancement. I mean, it's it's just not going to happen this year. Spurs defense has you know been great as always, um, but I, I just don't I don't think that when you look at the individual metrics, they're going to really help them out I guess like they have in the past even though everyone knows like if you ask anybody what perimeter defender do you not want on you with two minutes left in the game like 95% of the league is going to say Kawhi Leonard sure so let's loop in LeBron James into this if we're if we're going to go case by case and just occasionally pick and choose where we want to bring in these these parties sure. that aren't going to win uh it's you know I'm I'm low on Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Love but obviously they would be taken one two in that draft we just had and we would both probably say that they would beat a Harden less a Westbrook less team um, and so therefore LeBron you know actually has a better cast right. of characters than these other people we've been talking about yeah I mean Cleveland you know only having 49 wins right now is what's going to ultimately sink his case I think for him for LeBron to be in the conversation with Westbrook and Harden in the midst of their historic seasons the Cavs would have needed to win at least 60 games and they didn't do that the East even though it's better even though I think it's a lot better than people give it credit for it's still perceived as the inferior conference it still technically is the inferior conference at the top at least um so I I think the Cavs just didn't do enough as a team I I think if they were a 65 win team LeBron's case would be completely different and they're not even close I mean they're they're they won't even be a 55 win team fair enough Isaiah Thomas real quickly if he's taken off that team Al Horford is in the mix probably right behind Kyrie Hurt yeah I know indeed uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love but still you would think that maybe a, a Horford led team with the Celtics that still have a lot of depth at guard could still become a playoff team I don't think you can really you certainly can't say that about the Thunder you can't say that about the Rockets so you know Isaiah Thomas has been out of this for a while but historically we do mm-hmm. need to always consider the best player on the team that wins right. half of the league yeah I agree I, I think it's just too easy to look and say there, there's three teams in the west that are going to end up with a better record than Boston you know I think Isaiah's case is the same as LeBron's like if your numbers aren't going to be as good as the guy 
you know, what is Harden second or third in scoring, first in assist, Westbrook's averaging a triple double. Like, in order to really vault yourself into a conversation with those guys who are doing those things, your team has to, like, you know, you, that has to be your argument, basically. is like, if I don't have the stats, well, look at my team. We won 70 games, and Boston's going to win, you know, 53, 54. Okay. Any other dark horse candidates that you think just deserve their name being mentioned in this conversation? No. Then we can move on to the, what we really need to talk about here and try to endorse I mean, either Harden or Westbrook. In a lot of years, John Wall yes. is in the top five. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan is probably in the top five in some down years for the MVP. I mean, we haven't even touched on any Warriors, and they're going to be the best team in the league which is kind of Kevin crazy. Durant, Kevin Durant would have been on the outside of this conversation looking in had he been healthy. Yeah, the whole Durant, year, Durant sure. I think, would have been the fifth guy uh, if Golden State was healthy. Just just by the pure fact that I think some voters would have said, okay, this team won whatever it's going to be, 67 games. Like They have to have someone in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to. I don't. I don't want this conversation to be about these two players. I'm going to mention, but just quickly, Giannis. The Bucks are yeah. fifth in the East right now yep. um, for a team that lost their second best player, or you know, second third. However, you want to look at that. Didn't have. You yep. know, they didn't have their second and third best players for the whole season. Yeah. What was the, it? One game. So. The advanced numbers love Giannis, and I mean any real metric loves Giannis um, Jimmy Butler would be the other one that I would say is having yep. he's putting a team on his back and now we're definitely seeing that with Dwayne Wade off the court is another one that you can say without him without that one player this team truly yeah. would be doomed yeah absolutely I mean obviously the Bulls haven't won enough games for him to truly be considered right. but yeah I think he's he's played at you know MVP vote receiving level for for much of the year last player I want to touch on um, would be Rudy Gobert um, we're talking about him for defensive player of the year. The Jazz are fourth. Right. Um, you know, you look at the cast of characters on the Jazz, and while you've got Gordon Hayward, George Hill is solid. Derek Favors hasn't been what he's been in years past. Uh, to me, it would say, you know, without Rudy Gobert, I certainly don't think the Jazz are this good because he means mm-hmm. so much to them on defense. Yeah, I mean, what four years ago, three years ago, Joe Kim Noah finished fourth in the voting, averaging thirteen, eleven five and one and a half blocks i mean if that's possible then i think in that season if gobert has the season he's having now he's probably up there so i think it's weird because there's there's an award for that type of performance whereas you know there's yeah. not a strictly offensive award that basically yeah. is the mvp so right yeah i mean it's kind of, it's almost similar to like a pitcher winning the cy young and yes. the mvp where it's like you are so good on defense that you're also the most valuable player so i mean has that has anyone gotten an mvp winning like doing it primarily on defense like that Oh, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been a player. I mean, there's been guys who have been great both ways, obviously, but I don't know if there's ever been a player who's like overwhelmingly better on defense than he is on offense and still won the MVP. I'm a, there's some names I, I'm going to mention, but I, I really don't know if they won MVP, but I'll just throw them out there. I don't care my my pride. <laughs> okay. David Robertson. Uh, I mean, he was great at both ends. Right. So you're just saying primarily on defense without helping. Yeah, and he, I mean, he also never won an MVP. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I mean, Olajuwon, you can make the argument, but you, I mean, this is yeah. like 27 and 12 and was still great on D. Like, I I don't know. Moses Malone, maybe, but even yeah. he was a good scorer. No, I, just, I don't think there's really much of a case for it unless we're starting to go way back and talk about guys that I don't, you know, I never watched. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, well you know what? 
I, I guess I know I do know the answer to this. It's Bill Russell because yeah. back in the year that sure. Oscar Robertson averaged a triple double when Wilt averaged fifty points, Bill Russell won the MVP yeah. that year, averaging far less. He still had like twenty two. I mean, he was yeah, let's say sixty four, sixty five. He was averaging fourteen and twenty four with uh, five assists. Right. So <laughs> I mean, we was, don't even have his block numbers. So that's the answer to this question. It's, yeah. It's Bill well, Russell. but but it's funny because you've seen a lot of offense only players like Steve Nash has won it twice. Yeah. Iverson won it. Um, you know, Charles Barkley, never exactly a stellar defender has won it. So it kind of, it's certainly skews towards offense. Dirk's won it. Um, you know, and that's not really surprising. And this is a good segue because James Harden, not a good defender. Russell Westbrook, really not that great of a defender. Now he's feisty and he he can make things happen. But I, if I had a nickel for every time you said that he takes chances over just being reliable or solid, then, you know, I'd have a few nickels because that's something that you say all the time where he's, he's willing to go for that steal. And, you know, steals numbers are never really a, great indicator of how good a player is necessarily on defense now can't be said for Draymond can't be said for Kawhi um like Ricky Rubio has been over the over the last few years has has been in top five top 10 steals and nobody you know would Mm -hmm. consider him a good defender by any means so the fact that Russell is averaging 1.7 steals and Harden is averaging 1.5 steals is not a good indication Mm -hmm. of how good of defenders they are so would you say on defense if we're going to talk about you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this MVP race should be decided on both sides of the court. Do you give the nod to one or the other? Not really. No, I think, so we're just I think only like looking these, at offense. Yeah. It's like one guy has like Harden in some ways. Like, I wonder if this is all like he's playing some sort of long con where he's like, I'm going to be horrible on defense. Yeah. And then when I start being like average at defense, it's going to make me look like I've made this dramatic improvement um so no I mean I think defensively they're pretty comparable honestly um you know it's like I think like you would look at Westbrook and be like I don't want this guy guarding me he's so fast he's so physical he's so athletic um but he just like misuses those skills a lot of the time and that's another one of those things it it seemed like last month especially there was a couple week span where the Thunder were struggling and all of a sudden you'd see a, a video breakdown on Twitter of Russell Westbrook completely leaving a man who gets wide open for a three or you know going for a rebound he has no chance to get while his man leaks out for a layup so things like that um you know as good of a one-on-one individual defender as he can be when he when he gets locked in it feels like there's too many moments when he's not focused and can end up hurting his team in that respect all right so you think Harden should win the MVP I'm truly an undecided voter if I did have a vote I, I really wouldn't you know lean one way certainly wouldn't send in my ballot quite yet what is the most important thing if you felt the need to convince me that it should be Harden? What is the like the number one bullet point? Not don't just rattle off everything. If you're trying to convince me why it's Harden over somebody else, what stat, what just one bullet point yeah. would you would you use? He's leading the league in assists. This is all one sentence. Leading the lead in assists. Okay. He's averaging twenty nine points per game and he's less than two rebounds away from averaging a triple double. Okay, that's not fair because I mean that's why is it not? Because you then if you're gonna compare it to Russell Westbrook, I'm immediately gonna say, Well, Russell is averaging two more points per game than he is, has has more or has, you know, like not even less than one assist per game. Okay. And Russell is averaging a triple double. So what's you know, what's the the side argument to say, like given we know like Okay. Points, rebounds, assists. What's the extra? Like, okay. So well, I should have been clear. What's the added layer? Yeah, no, that was a bad argument by me. You're okay. right. <laughs> we just compared the two rosters, basically declared them even, and the Rockets have nine more wins. There you go. I think that's that's the case here. So, 
Yeah, right. I mean, I think it ultimately is, right? Like if right. if things were different, if the Rockets were at six and the Thunder were at three in the East or in the West, mm-hmm. it would be flipped, right? At least I think so. Yeah, there would be no question. It would be Westbrook. Exactly. You're totally right. And and here's the thing: when we're you know just any year, it doesn't matter what year it is. It happens. Um, so what would you do to determine the MVP? First, you would go to stats, right? You compare stats. Right. If they're pretty even, the next thing you would do is click. NBA standings, and that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. And really, it's 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 pretty definitive that that the vote goes for Harden. So I well, I don't think usually you don't even have to go this far. You know, like we're right. finding out this year that you have to like start like doing this crazy digging. Whether you want to look at like video clips or you want to look at advanced stats, like mm-hmm. you can't you can't just use the normal comparisons that we have in the past. Like usually, it's just all right. You know, LeBron did this he shot 57 percent from the floor like you just like can't you have to like really try to make a case for other guys and like I mean, this year you almost have to try to make a case against someone else to prove your player like there's there's three guys to me that are all so close and do so many things so well that you you just you're like really grasping at straws to to bash one guy or promote the other and you know at the end of the day it just it just speaks to how good these seasons have been but that doesn't really further the argument at all you, you still have to have an mvp what do you think about this idea um, of splitting it? I think Kobe, of all people. Yes. Like, if you could, like, name, like, who would hate splitting an MVP the most <laughs> ever in the world? You'd be like, Kobe Bryant. Of course, he's the one to say that's a decent idea. I have always been in the camp of, like, I hate splitting awards. It's dumb. You should be able to decide. But, like, this is, like, maybe the one exception where I wouldn't hate it. And I think it would be almost kind of cool. And, like, I-, I think both guys almost would kind of respect it. I, I get it, and I I was to- we were going to talk about that no matter what. I had that as the question I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, and what's funny is the fact that Kobe proposed this means a lot, right? Yes. It's not just some like high blogger. It's not just some like high profile writer who's never actually played the game proposing it. It's it's a legitimate warrior of the NBA saying, "Hey, there's." tie it it's a tie give it to both that that really really does mean something Mm -hmm. but you know the more we talk about this the more i am leading towards harden and and here's the reason why because when you talk about saying a tie then that it's very unsettling to me it really is it makes me want to just like bear down even harder and try to determine who should win and that's why i'm really going to be keying into the last you know week week and a half here but here's the question i would ask that if 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 you're trying to break up this tie because when we when we do talk about ties you know soccer comes to mind hockey comes to mind and you're just like no the nba is not for ties right um so let's just say they are tied and then say let's ask the question what could have russell done this season to have broken that tie like within reason right and then we can also say that with harden is what could harden have done to reasonably break that tie and i think for harden the answer is nothing like the dude balled out as hard as he could he's third in the west he's third in a west where the top team in the west is the best team compiled ever right Mm -hmm. And then for Russell Westbrook, it's the answer to that question is win more games. And so the fact that for Harden, for me, the answer is just really not much within reason he could have done. But for Westbrook, maybe he could have, you know, made his teammates a little bit better and won a few more games. So looking at it from that perspective, I do give the edge to Harden because I sure as heck don't want there to be any ties. Yeah, like I said, I don't I definitely don't like ties, but I, th- I feel like this one 
you know, normally when there's a tie or a split in, in something like this, whether it's sports or not, you kind of view it as like a cop out or like a default, you know, we didn't want to upset someone. You both can share it. Like this would almost be viewed as like an accomplishment for both of these guys, right? I think it's like both of you were so ridiculously good that we literally could not decide. And, you know, I don't know how they would feel about it. I'm sure they would rather have it for themselves. Um, but I think it would almost be a moment where everybody could kind of step back and say like, we didn't give this out because there wasn't anybody who was good enough. We, we literally couldn't decide because you were both so good. So I think it would almost be a kind of a unique tie when we would look back on it in 10 years and say, you know, I think that was the right thing to do because both of these guys were so good. All right, so remaining schedules for these two players because, do, I mean, do you agree with the fact that people are going to be keyed into these last four games and they're going to mistakenly and unjustly put too much vested interest into mm-hmm. these last four games to decide this? I think so too because I these games aren't really meaningful mm-hmm. to either team. You no, know, they really aren't, and that's the funny thing. But guess what? Yeah. They're going to decide the MVP race. Right, I mean, Houston is almost virtually locked in to the three. Yeah. They're five games up on Utah. They're... Today, tomorrow, or the day after that, it might be right. statistically They're, impossible. Houston's going to, to be the three, and yeah. OKC, barring some sort of weird Clippers stuff, is going to be the six. So those aren't going to matter. If the games mattered, maybe it would be a little different. Like if it was like last year where the Spurs and the Warriors played, what, they played three times in the last like three weeks right. and twice in the last week. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they matched up head to head twice in the last 10 games, maybe you could take something away from that. But I don't like the idea that the game should count more in early April than they should in early November. Like, but guess to what? Me, they it's are. all equal. Yeah, but, but they shouldn't. I, I, no, I, we're on the same page about that, but we're both rational human beings who know that these last four games right. are going to decide well, the MVP, so we might as well look at the last I think if games. you're a smart voter, you like try to allow yourself to not let that happen, but... You know, I don't know if I don't know that a lot of the people voting like honestly care all that much about this stuff. Yeah, that's why we need to ask for a vote. Um, yeah. Okay, so Re- Russell Westbrook's final four games at home against the Bucks tomorrow. Then he's at Memphis, at Phoenix, at Denver. All right, like in terms of you know putting up big stats, you love that Suns game. You probably love that Nuggets oh, yeah. game as well, right? All right, now let's look at the Houston Rockets, how they finish up over the last, let's see, they have, they as well have four games. So they have a Nuggets at home, Pistons at home, at Sacramento, and at Los Angeles. Now the fact that the Clippers are, you know, I would think that actually Harden might rest that game. It, it would make sense for him too. But well, being what at it? Sta- I don't know. But being at Staples Center for the final game of the year, um, Monday night, you know, compared to Russell playing in Denver, I, I really think that Harden is. Well, does Harden play it? You know, knowing like, all right, submit your final arguments for MVP. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Harden. First of all, Harden sat out the last game. He's he's has he's had this wrist issue for a while. He's yeah. been sick. Um, you know, I don't know. I think if if things were different, he's probably sitting out a handful of these last few games to be ready for the playoffs. But when Russ is going to play all 82 and you know has he still has this triple double milestone that he's going to clinch over these next couple of games that I think gives him a little bit of a boost you know if you're Harden and you really care about this MVP race I don't think you're sitting okay but here's the thing and this is the last kind of bullet point that I knew I wanted to ask you now this it, it this is where it gets confusing because Harden did set out yesterday 
and his team got the win, which is bad. It's bad for his MVP candidacy because really, when when Harden sits out or where Russell sets out, you want that your team to lose if you want the MVP. But they beat still a Suns team. Now the Suns are really bad, but the fact that yeah, they took care of business kinda... is not good for MVP. Let's say if Russell sits out these four games and the Thunder lose terribly, like by an average of fifteen points, Russell might win the MVP because he sat out and allowed his bad team to show how bad they were. I honestly think the Suns are an exception. Like if if Harden had sat out and they beat the Warriors or the Jazz or something like that at full strength, then then yeah. But I mean the Suns. I mean, what are the Suns anymore at this point? I mean, they're starting. I mean, half the t- it's basically the Nets I, roster. I get it. I get it. So, but but do you agree that it might actually help these guys MVP candidacies if they sit out and their teams lose? Uh, no, I don't think it's a big enough sample. Honestly, no, I don't think so. I think if Russ, if they each missed two weeks in the middle of the season and the Rockets went eight and oh over that span and the Thunder went oh and eight, then it would matter. But one game at the end when teams are resting guys, I I don't think it would really matter. All right. Well, I came into this podcast truly undecided and, and I feel like I'm leaning towards Harden still open to what can happen at the end of the season. But like you said, um, you know, we should. We should give credence to the the bulk of the regular mm-hmm. season for sure. So Westbrook, Westbrook needs 11 rebounds and 29 assists over these final six games to clinch the triple double. How many games does it take for him to meet those? I mean, two minimum, right? Four maximum, three. Yeah, I, th- I think three is. Fair. I think he's going to try to he's do gonna it in two. It. I mean, he might yeah. get the he might get the 11 rebounds on Tuesday. Well, I would think ideally he clinches it within three, and then he rests the final game of the season, assuming that the Thunder's playoff spot is is secured, because he needs some rest. I mean, he should do that. Um, knowing Westbrook, I think there's probably a desire to play all 82. He's done it. It looks like four times already in his career. I think th- I think there's value in that. I-, I think maybe, I don't know. I mean, like to me, to, couldn't you see Westbrook like wanting to cap it off with like a fifty, fifteen, yes. and fifteen game? In he game wants 82? to win MVP, and if he right, does that's that, what I'm if like, he does that, then he he might win MVP. Like yeah, I mean, once he clinches it, he can just for the first time all year, he can just like play freely. Yeah, I kind of want to see what that's like. This is also going to be very surreal. One, I hope he clinches at home, clinches the triple double. That is, uh, because like there's never this has never happened before. There's never been. You know, because people are going to be aware in today's yes. age. Like, there's going to every time when he gets within five assists or whatever it's going to end up being to clinch, everybody's going to know. Yeah. And I mean, are they going to stop the game? No, they're not going to stop I don't, the game. Well, I don't know. I would, I, Did they stop the game for Dirk's milestone recently? I don't think they. Only I don't if know, the team kind of didn't. They? I mean, I don't think they're going to like stop the game and like do a presentation. But I mean, like, does Scott Bro- or uh, Billy Donovan call, call a timeout and like take him out and give him an over? You know, like. There's, it's going to be a moment. Unfortunately, he's probably going to do it on the road because they're home against Milwaukee right. and then four straight road games. Three straight road games. I'm seeing four. Oh, really? Yeah, they're home, road, 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 home. What's the final game of the season you got? Denver. All right. Well, I must have. They go at Memphis, up. at Phoenix, at Denver, at Minnesota, and then home to Denver to, to finish out. So it's going to happen on the road in all likelihood. Um, but even so, I don't, I don't know that the reaction will be all that different. All right, fair enough. I don't see that Minnesota game. Not that it matters much, but I'm I'm looking on ESPN. I don't know what you're looking at. Oh, weird. All right. Does it well, it really doesn't show up? Google uh, led me astray. I only have four games left for the. Is uh, that was that like a rescheduled game or something? Oh, maybe it's a rescheduled. game. I don't game, know what that would be for. Something like that. I don't think so. Either way, four or five doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Harden. 
I think I'm leaning towards Harden after this, and and I feel all right about that. Okay, I don't feel like I've done all that much to convince you. I think it's just my well, personal for- preference, and I really I and I normally don't like the wins argument. I really don't like I. I think a lot of times the best player in the league doesn't isn't on the best team, um, but in this situation, like you just kind of have to go down like the checklist of like all right stats. Uh, nobody wins that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know per similar usage rate pretty similar defensive impact pretty similar like you just kind of have to keep going down the list and finally i get on my list to like checkbox number eight which team is better and then i guess it goes to harden so last thing i'll say and then we can get out of here heart is it possible that russell westbrook you know doesn't make the starters all-star team wins mvp that i feel like has never happened right I, there's no way that's ever happened that just seems well, maybe nearly i impossible. don't know yeah i i I can't imagine. Um, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that. That's going to require some research. But that, yeah, that's an interesting point. So either that's you know something that likely never happened. If it did, maybe once or twice, but likely did not ever happen. Yeah. Um, but also, if Harden wins it, you could say, well, that was the early indicator right there that you know people are just going to go. And I know it's it's public versus media voting, right? But still, that's you know you you could say, well, Harden already had the nod at the All Star break, and mm-hmm. of course he's going to get the nod at the end of the season when really everything has remained pretty much the same if anything mm-hmm. the, the Rockets got even that much better yeah I, I think you can look at it on, on a curve like the first month of the season I think it was Westbrook because everyone yes. was like shocked into submission you know or it was like we've never seen this before and then Harden you know quietly it, you know in air quotes was you know the Rockets got off of that great start all of a sudden people start looking at his numbers and it's like wow he's basically been as good as Russ the team's better mm-hmm. And and then, you know, we hit the middle of the season and Westbrook has that huge all-star game. And I think not that people care what people do in the all-star game, but, you know, that, that kind of brought him back into the public eye, all the Durant stuff. Yeah. He keeps playing, playing so well. Then last month he hits a little bit of a lull, you know, at least the Thunder do, and people are back on Harden. Now these last couple of weeks, it's bad. I mean, it's, there's never been an MVP race like this that I can imagine. I mean, there's, you know the Le- the year that Rose won it, I think everyone thought LeBron was going to win it, mm-hmm. or Dwight Howard, and then it was Rose. So like that was a surprise in that way, but nobody was debating it like this. You know, like there weren't. It was it was always like yeah, one of those three could win it. I don't really care who. Like people have. Have you ever remembered there being this strong of feelings about the MVP consistently month after month? Like you yeah. go on Twitter any day, there's people just really fighting, like really really getting upset about this. Yeah, last thing I'll say about this is that, you know, we've had the, oh, it's too early to decide. It's too early to decide. But guess what? We're talking about it because we knew it was going to come down to the wire and people were going to be so unsettled overall. I don't get that. Like, what was going to happen that you needed, you know, like, what more could you possibly want from either of these guys to say, like, "Ah, it's too early? Like, would Westbrook have to put up, like, five straight 50-point triple doubles? Well, here, here it is, Nick. Every media member that has a vote isn't watching these guys every single night. They may make it seem like it is, but really, they're saying, oh, I'm watching. I'm not going to cast my vote to the end of the season. What that really means is, oh, I'm going to actually start watching every single game these guys play, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why it matters so much is because you're being fooled out there if, like, by people saying, I'm going to wait to the last day. It's really like, oh, I really just started to key in on this race over the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to see this through now that I started yeah. it. Well, I don't, th- I don't like to think you can do it. You can win it on one game. You know, like that's kind of what this feels this like is so now. Close. Is like, this is so close that that's what that's what's going to happen. They've each had like ten games that what would, it, that would stack up against some of the all-time great individual performances. What a shame these two teams don't play one more time at the end I of know. the season because that literally would be a game that for the would MVP. Be, 
Oh man, that would be cool. <laughs> that would that really would be. Like, could we just scrap, maybe that, just scrap that Timberwolves game yeah. and yeah, we'll throw We're that. Not on even the schedule. certain if that's a real game or not right now. I feel like Russ would be down for that. You yeah. know, like if the NBA was like, hey, we're just gonna you're gonna play Houston once, uh, just real quick before the playoffs. Like Harden would maybe be a little iffy on it, but Westbrook would be like, yeah, I mean, let's let's line it up. So lastly, anything Kawhi or LeBron can do in the last seven games of the year to make this they're not going to win it i'm pretty firmly going to say that but anything that either of those guys can do to really really make this a three-man race Kawhi, no because Kawhi just doesn't have that breakout potential we're seeing some of that for the very first time but he's just not the type of player doesn't even necessarily have the type of mentality where he's going to break out for 50 or 60 points yeah well i don't yeah and i don't think he cares as much you know about the MVP. I think San Antonio needed to win the West for him to really have an opportunity to yes. win it. And, even and then, they were close, but no. Even then, it was shaky for LeBron. He, you know, they said he was going to rest after the All Star break and just kind of like slowly descend. But now he, like, I think he's really keyed into getting his body right for he the playoffs. He played fifty two minutes last night. I know, but gosh, is that awful? It is awful. It's not good. Now it's for the rest of the season and even this playoffs. It's it, it may not really matter. Um, but what where you really need to be concerned is a couple seasons down the line is where that really takes yeah. its toll. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I was watching that game yesterday, and it's like they couldn't really take him out. It's like you're going like LeBron's going to right. play all of overtime. He played all of double overtime. You you can't really fault Ty Lue or LeBron, you know, for allowing. Like mm-hmm. that was just a situation, and it was a game, and I think the Cavs felt like they had to win to kind of get back on track and they almost you know almost lost it multiple times um but i also think like i said cleveland needed to to win probably 10 more games for lebron to really be in the conversation and so, i'm sure he'll have a comment over these next couple of weeks where he you know tries to say that he should be the mvp i think he's he's going on like three years in a row now of doing that hasn't really worked Voter fatigue. He he would truly. I mean, he would obviously get the MVP. Pop would get Coach of the Year. But it just doesn't happen like that. It's going to be mm-hmm. Harden or Westbrook, and whether we like it or not, Nick, it's going to be decided over the next four to five games, depending on what's more reliable, Google or ESPN. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about PristineAuction.com. Pristine Auction is the place to go if you're a sports fan and you're looking for memorabilia for your man cave or just your personal collection ebay is great but with a site like that where anyone can sell anything you don't know exactly what you're getting with pristine auction everything is guaranteed to be 100 authentic and only from the most trusted sources plus buying in an auction format makes everything more affordable it's quick it's free and it's easy to register unlike other auction sites it's free to bid so you only pay when you win pristine auction has a ton of memorabilia from all the major sports even soccer, uh, boxing, everything like that. Check out Pristine Auction. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E Auction. It's authentic, it's affordable, and you only pay for what you win. Let me. I'm going to try to dig up the MVP odds from the start of the season. Okay. Just, just well, to compare. Russell, Russell for sure, because that was a question that I left out, but I do want to mm-hmm. ask you, who has exceeded expectation expectations most, Harden or Westbrook? And I think Harden has actually exceeded expectations mm-hmm. more, but they, you know, they're still playing the same yeah. right now. Okay, so as of October 20th at Bovada, so that's a couple of days before the season started, Westbrook was the favorite, plus 200. Then Curry and LeBron were both at plus 450. Then Durant, Anthony Davis... Kawhi and Harden all four of those guys were at plus 1000 
I mean, that has no, I mean, it's fun to look at, but that should have no indication on who actually wins the MVP because we should just, Oh no, not at all. I just, I just think, you know, Harden was considered, you know, not, not, not on the same tier as Russell Westbrook to begin the year. And that's part of the reason why I think he's going to win too, because he, he quote unquote came out of nowhere, which is not true whatsoever, but he's still, we were, we didn't have eyes on him and he really took, you know, he took our attention. Like he grabbed our attention. He demanded it. And I think that's why Harden has the edge right now. We, you know, if, if Russell, we, we knew this was coming a mile away. I mean, mm-hmm. averaging a triple double is insane, but we still right. talked about it. Like, could he do it? Could he not do it? He did it, and we weren't that surprised because we had been talking about it. And thinking yeah, well, it, it kind of happened. I think it kind of goes both ways. Like the one, I, the article or the case I always reference is back when I was in college. Uh, I wrote, I used to write a, a weekly article about the Heisman race, and it was the year I guess it would have been Andrew Luck's junior year. Okay. Like he came back after that great sophomore season, and. It was like every single week he would Stanford would play well. He'd have a pretty good game, and you would see the national list. You know they they do that straw poll for the Heisman. It was like every week he was still number one. Where I forget who the other guys were, but you know Luck didn't end up winning it. Um, and I might have been Menzel that year. Regardless, there were all these other guys having big seasons, and it was like, well, he was the preseason guy, and like he, it was almost like it's his to lose. Right, um, his to lose. That's a good way. Right, to and I, I feel like that's right how now. some people you know handle these awards. But like with Westbrook, it, it can kind of. I think in some ways it can keep you in the race like it did for Andrew Luck, uh, but in other ways it can kind of hurt you where it's like, we expected you to do this, so you have to live up to it. And every time you don't, it seems like you're not, you know, and I think LeBron maybe has that a little bit. All that momentum from the finals felt like it kind of spilled into this season. You have to top yourself at at some point. And that's something that it was it was easier for Harden to do. Now for me, I, I had the the Thunder eight nine in the playoff race preseason, so I, I'm pleasantly surprised by how the Thunder have played this year, just as much as I am the Rockets. I actually had the Rockets, I think, as the third or fourth best team coming into this. So for me personally, I'm I'm I've been more surprised by the Thunder, and I think that's why mm-hmm. I've been left more undecided because team expectations were yeah. different than your average NBA fan or NBA personality. Yeah, I, I think I think for a lot of people that's what it's going to come down to is total team wins. You know, some people take into take into account expectations, which I think they're subjective, but they they make sense. You know, like you can't you can you can sit there and say, oh, I, I thought the Thunder would you know be the fifth fifth or sixth best team in the West, but a lot of people thought they weren't even going to be a playoff team. Yeah. So you, you have to factor that in. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Like, I really don't know what to expect. Like, I, I can't wait to see the voting returns. And yes. It's going to be a while because they never they never release those until they stagger them. They do they do one award each yeah. day sometime during the playoffs. Well, we don't get MVP until conference finals. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had Curry and Durant the last three years where they're it's on their day off. They have their little press conference, right. but it's it's not always like that because some of the teams are bounced before. Yeah, them. well, it's it's interesting because like you go back, like all the MVPs, it feels like have been deep in the playoffs. You know, like LeBron won two, mm-hmm. and then Curry won the next two. I, th- I think it, it was Durant and then Curry, Curry. Oh yeah, Durant. That's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you had Durant in the West Finals, I believe, that year. Yep. LeBron, obviously, was in the finals the two years he won it. Curry won the finals. Like, I don't know how, like, would would they move it up? Like, wouldn't it be weird to, like, oh, would Westbrook, like, to. come to, you know, would they have to have a press conference two weeks after he well, was eliminated? Oh, I tell you what, that that that's important because you usually have all your teammates there. But once you lose and you're out of the playoffs, teammates are gone. Yeah. They grab their stuff the next day. Exit interviews gone right. for the offseason. Nobody wants to stick around. So you're right. We will have a much earlier MVP 
uh, you know, announcement and whatever interview. Well, I don't know that. I'm just I don't I'm just speculating. I don't know if they last year it was announced on May 10th. So I'm looking at where the Warriors were at that point Mm. in the season. May 10th, that would have been between, oh, it would have been near the end of round two. So like it, so if Russ wins it, they better get that done in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. Would they move it up? Because the votes are they in. Would. would they move it up to, to yes. do it while he's still in the playoffs? Yes. Or Yeah, because the organization just splits. They're just gone. And you need to have your teammates there so they can thank the teammates, okay. thank the coaches. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think the NBA has had the luxury and the liberty to have it as one of the last awards. But, you know, that might not be the case right. this year. Um, so it was announced on May 6th when it was Durant's. Um, when it was LeBron, oh, this is tough. It was, I'm already very impressed by you right now. Yeah. I don't know. I can't find this one as easy as the others. Oh, May, it looks like May 13th or 14th. So it's been in that, you know, second or, uh, yeah, second or third week of May kind of right in there. I don't know. That's going to be interesting. I, I don't think they would move it up. I really don't. Wouldn't that be too obvious? Well, Oh yeah. Well, you know they announce it and then they're just like impromptu. They're having a meeting about it tomorrow. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say obvious. I guess we know if they announce it. They don't three even weeks tell- earlier than maybe. They don't really. They don't give the schedule of when they're going to announce beforehand. They just do it. Yeah. Don't they. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. But oh, like, right. if we, if we get the announcement that there, there's going to be a press conference at 2 p.m. tomorrow and it's like April 20th, then and the Thunder Russell are down. <laughs> In a playoff series, like you're down 0-3. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, that's that's fairly unprecedented, right? I mean, you yes. keep hearing the argument. Oh, it always goes to a top two or three seed, mm-hmm. and inherently those teams tend to continue to advance. So we'll see, man. I'm excited about it. Yes, I'm trying to think. Did Dirk win it the year that they got bounced by Golden State oh, in the first round? I think they might have. I don't know. Well, I'll look that up later and, and report back. Um, but this was fun. This was a good discussion. Um, we'll be back either tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, only one game on the slate on this Monday, and it's the makeup game from the wet floor. Uh, I think it's Blazers-Kings yes. from earlier this year. Ruined a um, lot of people's DFS lineups that happened after lineup lock. Right. Yes. Um, so national championship tonight. Really looking forward to that. Gonzaga or North Carolina? North Carolina. Same here. I'm still not a believer in Gonzaga. I'm very much a believer in Gonzaga. I I just think North Carolina is going to find a way to avenge that loss. They're They're both really good, good, but that'll be fun. We'll be back later this week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.